Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. And I just hit record, so we're just talking. Yeah, now we're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, go I ahead. know we do want to hear takeaways, but we're here with Mika Perry, and we're super pumped that you were here because you are a lifestyle blogger. You do a lot with design, working with families. You have your own podcast called "It's Good to Be Home" or yep. "Good to Be Home." Good to be home. Yes. Um, and we're excited because you have. Uh, we want to talk about your a little bit about your personal life, which I yep. think a lot of our listeners can relate to, and have heard some of the stuff from Danny and I, and also just professionally kind of like what you do you, you and your husband's business and what you guys do with your family and all that kind of stuff so welcome thank you so much yeah yeah and we're it. in her beautiful office like her, her you and your husband Shout own out. this What's business it design pickle design pickle holy cow this place is so cool I wish I could, I wish you guys could see this. Actually, I guess I could put it on the story later, but Mika was introduced. I was introduced to Mika through James Patrick, who we had on the podcast. And we are also going to be on the same panel at the Emerald, right? Yes. On yeah. April 6th, mm-hmm. back here in Arizona. So both on this podcast panel, which will be really exciting. Yeah. So I'm excited. Like we were just destined to meet apparently. I, yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. I honestly believe that like cross paths for a reason. Yeah. And like, sometimes you don't find out for a while why. And yeah. Sometimes it's like really immediate. Yeah. And for you and I, I feel like it was really quickly. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny because we just got introduced and then a couple weeks later, we're like, we're going to be on the same panel. So what's yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. So yeah. welcome. So yeah. tell us Thanks. a little bit about like your background and your business, what you do right now, because you have a lot of followers online and yeah. you have your own personal I do brand, I guess you could say. Sure. Yeah. It was kind of, it's been an an evolving process, which Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people go through. Um, How it actually got started, I started on uh, the blog and Instagram really um, from a professional side from my uh, business and professional organizing. So I was a licensee of a brand, a national brand that's actually grown a lot since, Um, but it was in organizing. So closets, pantries, kids' rooms, you know, all that. Um, And that started from. We could use that actually. I know. Do you want (laughs) to? That's like a joke. <laughs> and it's something that like started as a hobby. So I had two previous careers, uh, one in wealth management for Morgan Stanley, uh-huh. um, and it had my series seven trader, um, all that. And it just hated being in a cubicle. It's like, this is horrible. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I thought about, okay, who do I want to serve? What do I want to be around with? What can get me out of the cubicle? And I was working with kids. Um, so I went and got back, uh, went and got my master's degree in teaching and uh, taught elementary, first and sixth grade. Oh. And uh, um, then had my my daughter, Reese, who is six and a half now. But in that, so I've had kind of, you know, two different careers yeah. uh, before. And mm-hmm. in that, I... Uh, I realized that my my strengths were in just organizational skills, whether that's like time, productivity, tasks, or spatial organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, it was like one day I thought I, I realized that you can have a business in professional organizing, um, and really, you know, long story short, just uh, jumped right in yeah. and started my business in that. Since then, I uh, have closed that 
part of the business, but I've kept that passion alive um, in the online space. Um, So I kept up the blog and I've built an audience around that. And then this year I'm moving forward into kind of offering more online versions of more education on, um, on organizing. Organization, as far as like spatial is neither I'm going to speak for both of us. Neither one of our strong no, suits. Never. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure so if you ever look at our c- cars, closets or desktop com- of the computer, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything it's that's awful. amazing because I yeah. think, you know, for a lot of people, you mentioned that you were a licensee of mm. a company that mm. did that. And, and so people locally would just hire you and you'd come over and like, just what go through all of their stuff and kind yep. of like help them yep. put together a system that they can use after you're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so awesome. yeah, at, at the time there wasn't Marie Kondo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it wasn't as big as it is now. It's sure. not as well known. And yeah. even that brand still exists today. Um, actually, my team that I hired still runs in Scottsdale. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, under one of my former uh, lead organizers. So they've grown. They've grown nationally. The awareness is there. Back then, it was really hard yeah. um, because I would tell people what I did. And yeah. it was like... What, what is that? What, right. yeah. It's common sense, right? Like I can right. figure it out myself. Right. Or- yeah. And then it was really like finding the people that valued outsourcing that task yes. instead of being overwhelmed by so it. So who is that person? Usually actually someone that's very organized themselves and are frustrated and overwhelmed that they can't get there because mm. kids, families, yeah. business, they're like, they they like to be organized mm-hmm. um, and they they see the value in that, but they just don't have the time to do it. Yeah. So do you find... And I'm just curious about your personal life. Like, are you super organized at home? Because I feel like for me, I could easily organize other people's stuff, but my own personal stuff is not so much. I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we yeah, went to your house, you'd be like, wait, are pages. you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and so that's what I share now since yeah. I don't work in client spaces. Yeah. What I share online now, like all the pictures you see on Instagram, or it's my home. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. So um, would you say for your online, do you get a lot of traffic from Pinterest? Like, where would it mostly come from? Um, No, not Pinterest. Mm. And that's something that I I need to go back to. Mm -hmm. What's funny is that I fell into professional organizing because of a pin that said, would you make a good professional organizer? And it was another organizer talking about the traits. Oh, wow. Needed to be an organizer. And I was like, this is me. (laughs) Um, And, but no, but Pinterest, I think, is a huge driver of traffic that I need to focus on. Um, actually, I'm going to the Alt Summit. Have you heard of the Alt yeah, Summit? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going there next week, and there's one panel discussion on Pinterest yeah. that I'm really excited to like go back in and dive deep again, because so I think cool. there's a lot of strategy there. I feel like Pinterest being, would be your jam, yeah, like where to go. It's very visual. So and how did you get in the online space then, like with what you're doing? Yeah. Was Instagram an integral part of it, or was it pre-Instagram? It was. It was. No, Instagram was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had it, of course, like everyone just as a personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then I made a conscious, intentional effort to use that as a place to showcase client work because nice. organizing is very visual. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't, yep. I could only explain so much. Sure. Um, so I think anyone with a visual product, um, it really speaks on Instagram. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I'm going to um, see where this goes and see if they, I can drive uh, traffic through that. And it, and it really worked. Um, so it was kind of like a billboard. Cool. So then yeah. tell us about the blog. Um, Danny and I both started blogging around like 2009, 2010 mm-hmm. and grew a readership at that time because that was when kind of like the golden age of blogging. It's not that yeah. people don't bl- like read blogs now. Mm-hmm. It's just long form content isn't as popular because you can have these mini blogs on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. And so do you feel like you really grew your readership in like a loyal fan base? Cause they're invested mm-hmm. in you. They're invested in the kid. They're invested in your family life. They're invested in all of those 
those things. Mm -hmm. So is that what you experienced is kind of like Mm -hmm. this growing kind of tribe of people who just really wanted to know, like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Where are you going? What's, is that, was that fun for you? Is that hard for you? Especially going through maybe what we're going to talk about in your personal life. So how is, how is that Uh, It's been a joy for me. And, um, I love sharing. Mm -hmm. I think that's some sort of like innate trait that I have that I get like, it's like a win-win, like I give and they give back to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys can kind of relate to that. And while I don't think that like, you know, there's certain depth to friendships and, and relationships you make online. Um, but you really do make friendships or find relationships or connect with people you know I think a lot of people say that it's just very it's shallow it's not like you're making real friends on there but truly I think you can connect and that's why it's called social media is because there is a social aspect to it and to discount that I think you know from a business or personal standpoint is um, you know I think you're doing a disservice there really is a lot of great ways you can connect with people on there and share your story that can be helpful to others. So yeah, getting on the blog and and Instagram was really easy for me to share. I think when stories came on, it was great because you could have your curated feed that shows your client work and a little bit more thought out of it. And you can micro blog. I love micro blogging Mm -hmm. on there. Um, But then stories gave my readers and followers a new insight into my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Still, I like to put time into it. Yeah. And make it look good. But uh, overall, you know, it's like the little snapshots. And I think the combination of the two was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've integrated more of your family life now. And you, how long have you been married? We just celebrated 10 years. 10 years. Wow. Yay. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So this all, the blogging and everything started during your marriage. I'm just curious because I remember when I started with Facebook and stuff, my husband was always like, you're always on social media. And I was like, but this is my job. <laughs> was there any issues during the beginning for you where it was like, are you just playing around on social media? But you're kind of like, but no. Still, I still do. In fact, yeah. like this morning we were talking about it yeah. and yeah. even yesterday yeah. because we actually, we uh, spoke yesterday at an event at James's mm-hmm. event, mm-hmm. you know, um, and when we came back, the expectations between us were not clear on what the time was that afternoon. Is yeah. it family time? Is it work time? Yeah. And, um, so that turned into an argument actually, even this sure. morning was, you know, I felt that I didn't have to you know, explain what that time on my phone or my computer sure. was. Um, he even looked at like my screen time to see, and like it yeah. became this thing yeah. that really it boiled down to, it wasn't clear, yeah. uh, for both of us, the expectations. Sure. So yeah, it is hard. And well, we do. I mean, I know Jill works more so with entrepreneurs who are going from like the gym to online. And I work with a lot of people also doing online and it might be hard for your partners to mm-hmm. see because they, they see you're on social media. They think you're playing around and you're sitting there trying to build this side hustle or maybe to build your business. Yeah. What kind of conversations do you guys have? You got, did you like actually have a sit down and say, we have two hours, like, sounds like you guys have some screen time. Maybe you have some rules. What, what did you guys decide together as a couple so that he doesn't feel neglected or so that you feel like I can still get my work done and I'm not playing? Because I can see it also happening where people want to start this business and they're like, you know what? I just can't because my spouse doesn't get it. He thinks I'm playing around and I need to just. And you also don't get paid right away. Right? Yeah. It's no. not like you got a desk job. No. Yeah. paid every two weeks yeah. right away. It's like, okay, honey, I swear to God, at some point I'm going to get paid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and even those, that. What yeah, were those so, conversations like? Um. Well, they're ongoing. And then also, I think there's two things that I can think of that we did. One is uh, not having the phone in bed. 
Um, and we just Love use it. an alarm clock, like an old school, like <laughs> legit alarm clock. He <laughs> bought mine for me. Um, he started it first. Um, and now actually I really enjoy it. Yeah. I like that. That is like a, a designated like time off like it's gone because I felt like that's when I would just like scroll and do mindless things mm-hmm. was that nighttime mm-hmm. do you put your phones like in a box somewhere or we like know no it's, your... it's accessible okay. so like that yeah. tests our sure. um our willpower I guess yeah. um but I just have it plugged it in our bathroom got it my husband has it downstairs but yeah having it you know just not in like an intimate space mm-hmm. in your bedroom mm-hmm. um that's been helpful also I think you know the consistent reminder maybe to someone that's starting this uh, is to let the person your the person living with you or those closest to you um you know just that it, it does take a lot more time than it looks from the outside yes. mm-hmm. writing a blog post can take days yeah uh, writing you know your caption editing your photos it's very time consuming yep. everyone on the online space knows that mm-hmm. but others do not know that right. the time it takes to go into a blog post you can yeah. throw things up there but the quality is not going to be good if it's going to be a good blog post it's going to take a long time yep. um so I think you know letting him know and he sees that you know and he when I put it out there he's like wow this is so good and I'm like yeah you know why it's good it's because <laughs> you saw me sitting there all day yesterday you know like, I was this up- took all day yeah I think a lot of people do not realize that That's how long so I mean and there's a lot of mental energy to know what to post next what to say editing the photos there's a lot that goes into it so much yeah. um one thing that has been helpful is having designated time batch photo shoots uh-huh. um so that I always have content so I'm not actively in front of the kids and during family time mm-hmm. um taking photos for Instagram yep. um so I just have those set couple of hours a month yeah. well, maybe a little bit more um the only time that I would really take photos is like when we travel when we're on a trip together yeah so yeah being using time wisely it's hard with the family um and even like with the kids too like I don't want them to see me on my phone all the time and that's hard you know yeah I think that's important we have a lot of moms who Mm -hmm. listen to us and we are not moms so I'm never um I don't have to consider that but definitely would be a consideration like I wouldn't want my kids to see me on the phone all the time I have nieces and nephews who if they see me of course then they just want my phone and I'm like no you don't get to touch this so I like want to hide it from them but yeah yeah, that's really that's really important I think they'll be really valuable for somebody starting off going how do I do this but batching is crucial we've done a lot more shoots and I always I also like that that you're reiterating that takes time even though you've been doing it for years like Mm -hmm. we deal with a lot of people who are just getting started and they're Mm -hmm. so surprised at how long it takes and I'm like, it doesn't get no. any short, like you get a little bit better, you get a little better at writing, like yeah. whatever, get it faster at photos and editing and whatever. But like for the most part, it still is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if it's not paying a full-time salary. And I, quite yeah. Yet. And I don't know about you guys, what kind of like outsourcing or help or assistant work that you've had, but I think the content like has to come from your voice. Mm-hmm. So you totally. should outsource, you know, all the other administrative peripheral stuff. things, yep. which yep. is, you know, hard to let go through. That's kind of like the stage I'm at right now. Um, you know, when I had the organizing business I grew the largest team like that we had in the country Mm -hmm. um, because I valued that you know you grow to where you want to be like I wanted to grow to this revenue number I wanted to grow to this team to be able to service this many clients I knew that's how many people I needed so I hired before I made that money to really like get there you know but then now I'm starting now like to having to do those steps again and it's a little bit less defined Mm -hmm. in the online fluid space Um, but right now I'm delegating kind of the 
outside tasks, even though I really would love someone to help me write the blogs, um, do all that. But it's just like, it's just not going to sound like me if I do that. So yeah. So true. Yeah. I think that's yeah. smart. And so one of the reasons that we, we got referred to you and we've done a little bit of research on your background, obviously your professional career, but also we want to talk to you because you are an entrepreneur, you're a mom, you're a family person, and you found out at one point that your husband had been having an affair. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? <laughs> How does that start? How are you feeling? Tell us the story. Yeah. So um, it's one that we've made public online. Um, and so we are both comfortable sharing on it now. And the reason why we do it is because it has um, a greater purpose than us. Uh, and I think you guys have also, you know, even though we have different paths and different, each one has, you know, a different story, yeah. you can see that, you know, there's there's good that can come from the hard things that you go through. And in fact, you know, we're happy it happened, to yeah. be honest, because for us, it um, it opened our eyes to that. You just can't like coast. You yep. can't just cruise in life. Yep. Um, and that's what led us there. We're mm-hmm. like, our marriage is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was in 2012. We'd been married um, for about four years. Uh, Reese, our daughter. So we have a, I have a stepdaughter, his daughter, that's 13. We have our middle daughter, Reese, that's six and a half. And then we have our youngest, that's three and a half right now. Um, But this was when Reese was two months. Um, So we had a newborn. My husband was an entrepreneur with a failing advertising and marketing agency. Um, feeling the pressures of entrepreneurship and trying to keep the family together. He also struggled from an alcohol addiction. Mm. Um, So these are all things we didn't know at the time. (laughs) We know now. Did you know about the alcohol addiction? I knew he had a problem for sure. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uh, And that's kind of what led to me discovering his affair was one night he was out. um, This would happen often where he would uh, be out all night um, partying. He really Mm -hmm. just generally liked to have a good time. Um, and you know, when we were dating, we went to Vegas one time and it's a funny story now, but like he got arrested in (laughs) Vegas and I, (laughs) I bailed him out in Vegas, like went and got like a bail's bondsman guy um because we woke up and we're like where's russ and everyone's like i don't know it was a big group of us oh my god we've been partying yeah and um so i bailed him out of jail and turns out he like got arrested for resisting he was just way too drunk in the casino or something but got arrested for resisting arrest through dance like motions that's exactly what it was like on his police report that he obtained, you know, a dance while later. Like dance like motions. motions. And as soon as I, I was like, I know exactly what that like, looks like. like. I can see. I, can I see know it. the moves. I can see it. Um, he's, so he's just like a really optimistic, fun guy that yeah. likes to have fun. Yep. Uh, but had a lot of skeletons, not skeletons, but a lot of struggles from his past. Sure. And his, you know, we all do. Um, lots of pains and hurts and fears and trying to, you know... Um, impress himself and others. Sure, sure. Um, so that's where, you know, he struggled with alcohol. So the one night he didn't come home, got a call from one of his employees, a female employee, um, after he like stumbled in from a taxi, whatever. And, you know, she was checking to make sure that he was okay. And I was like, Ugh. And I had had red flags. Mm-hmm. Danny, I know that you said that you had like met that person before or you know. Or I you met, met her after. After you mm-hmm. found out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had met her before because she I was an employee. I think you get intuitive hits though, I think. Absolutely intuitive. Yes. Absolutely. And there's, you know, I, I said this is like, I think the first person in my life that I met before I knew anything that I was just like, 
there's something I don't like about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, yeah. I got a weird yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I investigated yeah. and just long story short, sure. found out, uh, kicked him out. Um, I took but my daughter. Hold on. When, yeah. well, let's go back to that yeah. just a little yeah. bit. You found out. Yep. How did you feel? Where were you? Like, because I know there's just like, that mm. moment is just not, I just don't want you to gloss over that moment. You can still remember yeah. so distinctly that moment. Like, yeah. you know where you were, you know how you felt. Did you, know you find you did, it on you know phone? It feels like yeah. physically. Yeah. It, uh, on his computer. Yeah. Um, so I, I just had that instinctual feeling yep. and that moment is crystallized for me forever. I was in yep. the, in the kitchen looking, um, at certain direct, I remember exactly the direction I was looking and, you know, I've said this before that it like the rug got pulled out from under me. Like as soon, like I knew it was like, as it was happening, I was like, Oh, I know that what that phrase or that yeah. saying feels like. Mm-hmm. Cause my world just like shifted. Everything I knew to be true mm-hmm. was no longer there anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that now I don't look back on as like traumatic anymore. The yeah. emotion isn't really there. Yeah. Um, but I still remember the feelings yeah. of that. It's just like, oh my gosh, something that I never thought would happen. Here we were in a good marriage, I thought. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure, we had our problems. He has his drinking problems. We, yep. know we, were, we had different stressors of just life. Not expected. But that morning and night instinctually led me to like look on his computer yep. and I saw emails with certain, you know, phrases yeah. and things yep. that I was just sure. like, yeah. You're like, yeah. So I ran up. Um, he was home that day. He was home. He okay. was recovering from being out all night. And so I woke him up <laughs> yeah. out of bed and told him. And he, like, the look on his face was just he knew. pure yeah. shock. Yeah, yeah, he knew. Yeah. He no knew. But he still deny. was trying to kind of, like, backtrack. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, try to figure things out. Um, and I, it, he was in shock, I would say. You know, that it, it, it led to yeah. that moment. Yeah. I think that, and I can just speak to that. And mm-hmm. I really love this because I don't want to cut you off. But I think both of our exes too had that moment of that like, oh shit moment that they didn't think. Like, I think you're not really thinking until it happens. And then you're like, what? Like you just never think that it can possibly happen. And then when it does, you're just not ready for it. It's just Mm -hmm. like this, like, holy shit, how to get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up moment. Yeah, exactly. So did he have that experience? Yes. And that was, yeah. And so that was his rock bottom moment of his life. You know, he had several like almost rock bottom moments of, you know, getting arrested in Vegas and making bad decisions. But that was certainly like facing losing his wife, Mm -hmm. two two month old baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really threatening his family life. You said you kicked him out. Did you have for a moment? I mean, probably not in the moment you're like, this is permanent kicking out, but like, were you kicking out just to like clear your head? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're just like, I, you need to get out of here because I can't, I can't look you even... so disgusted. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I didn't know what the next step was going to be. And did you call anyone? Did you like tell a friend? I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I told a friend who came over for like a play date the next day. Yeah. Um, and by then I had like taken all the photos off the walls, yeah. smashed them all. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I smashed our wedding picture. Like I took yeah. it out to the outside and I just threw it on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is so dramatic. Who am I? But yeah. I was like, I don't know what else to what do. What else are you yeah. supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. How do I let this out? Like yeah. this, you know, anger. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't run away because I had a newborn. She was yeah, two sure. months old. And I remember like I was, she was swaddled and I was holding her. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my reality Man. like right now. Yeah. Um, but think like I did have some sort of sense of like weird calm about me. I think it because of her, 
I think mm-hmm. that helped mm-hmm. that I was like, I can't completely lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I kicked him out through everything. Um, I, I had a, a friend come over and I told her and just kind of a shock. Like I remember then too, sitting in the, be- in the bedroom and like we had our daughters and was like, so I found out last night, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like how do you talk about that to someone? It's yeah. like, and so did you have feelings of like embarrassment? Did you feel like you were going to be judged? Shocked, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, I think the first thing when I talk to people of how to get through something like this is to allow those like actual like stages of grief yeah. to happen, yeah. yep. um, which I now look back on that that was what was happening. You know, at the moment you don't know, but now I'm like, I distinctly went through shock first then denial and anger and bargaining and mm-hmm. and all those things mm-hmm. um but yeah at the moment it was shock and actually that day it was either that day or the next day I had um a checkup appointment for my daughter my two-year-old mm-hmm. and so I took her to the doctor got dressed and like my eyes were swollen because I've been crying and then I was like well I gotta take her yeah mm-hmm. so it's kind of like life continues yeah it mm-hmm. really does and you have a pur- you have like a, a purpose too yeah, you, know you do I mean? you, you can't like completely like you said you can't pl- completely mm-hmm. lose it you have this purpose over here mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the shock is crazy you know Danny and I always say like we just remember being like is this our life right now like how is this yeah. our life right now like you just hate it's like the that twilight zone so much yeah it really is a twilight zone did you guys know each other when it had happened were you friends we did we did and we weren't like close close friends and I actually um went out to see Jill about nine months before it happened to me and I was thinking we were gonna have a couple's trip and I didn't know what had happened in her marriage so we were at the pool and she she goes well we're separated and she told me and I remember thinking well who would do that to you like you're so gorgeous and you're successful and like I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. And then like literally nine months later, and it's so funny because the first thing I told my ex-husband to do was to call her uh, Mm. husband. Mm. I was like, call him right now and talk to him. And I was actually still embarrassed even to tell Jill because I was, I was just so embarrassed. You know, I was like, I don't want people to know about this. And I think you blame yourself at all. Like, did you feel like, I mean, did you have that moment of, or you just were kind of like, he's an asshole. I kind of get more that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, luckily I don't know what it was. Um, whether if it was like confidence or what, but I just, I didn't feel victimized as much. I didn't blame myself really. Um, I I really felt like it was all on him. Yeah. Um, I had that at least like integrity or sure. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, self-confidence um, or even trust that you'll be okay, it sounds like. Trust that I would be okay. I did have that peace about it. You know, it, I knew that life would be different from now on, mm-hmm. but it was something that I could get through. Did I you blame yourself it, for not knowing earlier or was it, was there no, any of that? No, no. Um, there was a little bit of anger in that, that, yeah. you know, she had been around. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, like I remember, you know, she had come over and like taken shots with Russ at the house with another friend of ours and I was pregnant upstairs and that was like, and at that moment I was like, this is effed up, like this yeah. is yeah. not yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and then looking back, I'm like, now that was really not cool yeah. <laughs> um, that that happened. But uh, yeah, and so, so there was a lot of shock lot of anger um you know he was very remorseful obviously uh pretty immediately mm-hmm. and I think you mentioned Danny that your um the that person looked like you were kind of yeah like, yeah and she I'm half Japanese and she's half Japanese yeah she and did look a lot like me so that was like, weird yeah 
so I don't know if at that moment, you know, or at that time, if that gave me any comfort that it wasn't this like tall blonde yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. and he was wanting something completely different mm-hmm. from me. I think it was a little bit of like a subconscious thing that it was like, he wants me, but yeah. there's something that is not being fulfilled and yeah. met between us. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's seeking it mm-hmm. externally. Yeah. And, but I didn't feel bad or I didn't blame myself that I wasn't providing that because I was like, dude, you cheated on me, you know? Yeah. Like, did you yeah. ask him, did you ask him why? Like straight so up? So I, I really didn't then. And a little bit fast forward, I let him come back. Um, and we started couples counseling, but even through that, I never really, maybe I didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really asked straightforwardly, why did you do it? We found out through the process sure. why, but really actually, it was more recently that I straight up asked him, why did you cheat on me? Why did you have an affair? Because now we're talking about it publicly yeah, sure. and guiding others through it as well. That I was like, I need to actually know like what, why specifically? And he said, I was lonely as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He felt a lot really lonely at that time. Mm-hmm. Very lonely in that, that, you know, he had a business that was failing. Yep. Um, so a lot of shame. And then as we've worked through it, though, you know, also he obviously struggled from an addiction. He's five years sober now oh, amazing, and had a lot of pain from his past with his dad. Sure. So basically he was like, I do not want to be like my dad. His dad was an alcoholic. Yep. Yep. Um, his dad left him when he was little. And yep. as much as that sounds so cliche, it's not blaming like yep. your past shapes you. Yeah. And he was actually trying so hard not to be like his dad that he ended up just, just, just like, like him. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty, like it's a common very common story. Yep. Um, but I now, you know, I don't use it as like a, anything against him or even anyone going through a struggle or made bad decisions in an affair. You yep. know, it's like he never set out to cheat on me. Yep. He wanted to keep his vows. Yeah. Um, but he had so much pain and fear around who he was and who he was becoming and who he didn't want to be that he didn't know what else to do. And so he just like found the nearest comfort, Yep. Yep. you know, so it, now I just see it on a macro scale that these kinds of terrible decisions that society places a lot of guilt and shame around it all, a lot of it just stems down to really basic things. But I've talked to people who say, and obviously it's different when you're in the situation, yeah. but like if that happened to me, I would never go back. I would never be able to look at that person in the face and forgive them. I would never be able to look at them and not think about it. So what did you have to do mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. to work on when you talk to him, just not thinking about those messages you saw mm-hmm. or to not like have those things come up for you and to like allow yourself to forgive him and see that it was a mistake that he made and not the person he was. Um, the biggest thing was time mm-hmm. and patience. Uh, when, you know, I've gotten that question now, of, you know, it's happening to me, pe- people through DMs yeah. or mm-hmm. emails or yeah. conversations, you know, what did you do and how do I get through this? I just want to yeah, be there. I just want to be there. I need I, to trust. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was time. Yeah. I will say one thing about time that I did, uh, was, in my loneliness of not knowing anyone who had had an affair, like it sounds like you guys maybe had each other for a little bit of support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have friends that I talked to. 
uh, and they were very gracious and supportive. Um, you know, some were obviously angry at Russ. Others were a little bit, you know, more neutral and just listened. And I think that's the best thing you can do sometimes for someone is just be there and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause judgment, even if they feel judgy yep. and a lot of that is just listen. Um, so I did have some really, really kind friends that did that for me. Um, but I didn't know where to turn to. There wasn't um, social media like there is now. There yeah. weren't podcasts like this talking about it. Yeah. People weren't yeah. blogging about right. it. You know, I'm sure you guys have seen that more and more vulnerability is accepted now yeah. than it was before, um, which is awesome. It's so great. Like people are talking about these things. But back then, yeah. there weren't. And so I literally went on Google and was like, how long does it take to recover from an affair? <laughs> yes. uh, what do I do? Oh my gosh. Oh, I Googled <laughs> all the things. Google, tell me Google. I Googled everything. I was like, should I get divorced? Yes. Should I stay together? I mean, <laughs> like Google was going to tell me what to do with my life, but I Googled it all. Same thing. Like how long is it going to take and all those things? Yes. Yep. So I think you know, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I think it'd be funny to be on Google side, like all the engineers and <laughs> like receiving all these like cues or like questions. Google's you know? so overwhelmed. They're like, I don't know. Like, like, your life for you. So what I found. Siri, tell me what to do. Yeah. Now it's Siri. Back Alexa. When there was, yeah. Um, and the only, I mean, there was very minimal. Yeah. I think it's crazy yeah. that there's a, there's not a lot out there, even still. Yeah. Even still, but especially back then. And somehow I went on a, probably like a chat room or, you know, one of those mm. like blah, like Forum, chat boards, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. That was like, it takes two years to forgive. I was like, oh, really? And I work really well with deadlines. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm like a organized, yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So that means I have two years. So, okay, I can feel maybe whatever I want. I can do whatever I want in those two years, but apparently. Right, right. Two years is just. When I hit the right two up. year mark, apparently forgiveness is there for me to right. receive and, yep. and accept into my life and live it. Right. And that could have been total BS, probably really is. But at that time, it helped me. True. What's funny is now that I've shared this story, I've had people say that it was two years. Yeah. Or I heard that too, or something. I don't know. There must be one person out there saying it takes two years to forgive. But for someone like me, that was really helpful at mm -hmm. the time. So I gave myself kind of like a deadline. I said, okay, I am going to to move through these emotions and feelings and crap and go to counseling and be mad and not be intimate with him and be angry mm -hmm. and have all these, you know, hold it against him yep. and have horrible memories of the day and be really angry and cry about it and kind of let myself do all that yeah. without um, guilt yeah. and apology. Mm -hmm. For those two years. Loved it. Yeah. I think that's it. so great. Because really two is. years goes by fast. And if you, you can't rush that kind of no. pain and grief. And you also can't yeah. stuff it down. Like I think mm -hmm. as women, sometimes we will be mad and then judge ourselves at the same time going, we should be past this by now. Why are we still feeling this way? We should be like, and we just judge our emotions as yeah. we're having them. So I love that you just like, we're like, you know what? For the next two years, I'm going to just allow myself to do whatever I need to do. And you probably moved on a lot quicker because of it. Yeah. And I don't know what it would have looked like had I not. Um, but I, I actually am like an emotion stuffer. Yeah. Um, and through this, I've learned how to talk about my emotions more. All right. We want to do a quick holla at your boy. Holla at your girl. Holla at Organifi. <laughs> Holla at Organifi. I want to talk about the gold, Organifi gold today. We've got 
greens, we've got reds, and we've got gold. Actually, gold is one of my favorites. I know. You love that. I do. It's like a hot, delicious drink. If I mean, it, it's not supposed to be hot, but you make it hot. I do make it hot. I yeah. think it's supposed to be. Is it not? I don't know. I feel like it's better that way. To me, the Organifi Gold is second to coffee. It's not going to replace my coffee, but it's a nice like hot drink, and it, it, it has so many... Um, benefits of like anti the anti-inflammatory we were talking about how do you say the word turmeric 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 i'll tell you one thing about turmeric is like you know it's found naturally in a lot of indian food and stuff like that and it works on cognition which i don't know about you but like as i age i'm definitely noticing that like sometimes i can't think of words sometimes or like just random things that i'm like you know i need to start paying a little bit more attention to brain health like i love um the turmeric because it just makes me feel a lot more clear when I'm using it consistently. But they always say that about like Asian cultures that have a lot of that in their food, like tend to be more just, have you not heard that? I have not heard that. Really? And, um, I really, it makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Well, even, you know, my grandmother had some issues with dementia and they say a lot about uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, it's a lot of inflammation in the brain yep. and all. So yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. No wonder I feel keeps you clear. I wonder if I feel smarter when I drink it. And it also it, it also is anti-inflammatory for your joints and stuff too. So if you are, you know, getting like aches and pains as you get older and you're starting to notice some of that stuff, you know, it's a super natural way to do, to manage kind of some of the aches and pains and jo- joint stuff, um, especially when you're doing it consistently. It's been shown in research. It's actually one of the most researched supplements. Aches and pains and stress. And we all have that stress. Yes, it's an amazing product. Um, I like that you can drink it. It's nice. I actually like to make some hot steamed milk and add to it. So it's like a little golden milk latte, if mm-hmm. you will. So, so yeah, I think it's delicious. And I'm glad you dropped that knowledge bomb on us because that's pretty awesome. So if you guys want to try it, actually, they have a um, like a three pack. They call it like sunrise to sunset power box. And it's basically green juice in the morning, red in the afternoon, gold at night. Feel free to do that. I mean, I love all the products. It's a good way to just try all of them. And then you can continue with the ones you love or keep using all of them. So you can go to Organifi.com. You'll get a 20% discount if you use the Best Life at checkout. And we thank them for helping us reach out to you guys. And we know you'll love them too. I haven't asked anybody this and I don't know how it's going to come across, but (laughs) did you, so for me, I wasn't sure if we were going to stay married or not, but I felt like I should basically revenge fuck somebody just to get back. And and then even if we got back together, at least I had sex with somebody else like to get back. So the score was even. Did you feel that way? I did not feel revenge. Okay. I don't judge you for it though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just like, basically did. Yeah. Because I just felt like we needed to even the score. I'm like, well, if you got to sleep with somebody, then I get to, and then we could get back together. And then we're, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't because I think I just got completely turned off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, screw it. I'll be on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it was, it was definitely a hard two years. Uh, so he, he made the decision to quit drinking. How yes. did that come about? Like uh, immediately or? It was not immediately. It was not immediately. So... Uh, he, you know, we started couples counseling and, but the addiction really didn't come up initially in that. We kind of just focused on like repairing the marriage and, um, learning how to communicate. And the addiction came later when he was still like going out or, you know, not parting, like damaging to anyone but himself. Yep. Being out when I wanted him home. 
and it was, he was out clearly because he was inebriated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it happened one night. What was crazy is that like he went out to a, a football game and came home and the next day we had the Ragnar relay race. Yep. And he felt like physically so sick. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's what happens. Yeah, like, here yeah. we go. We got to run this 24 hour overnight race. And <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> if that's going to make anyone sober, it's yeah. like, okay. Um, so, so yeah. So he, uh, the next day I, I really just like gave him the ultimatum was like, can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. This is like, uh, that's, I really didn't give him an ultimatum in the, in the affair necessarily. Mm-hmm. We kind of work through that day by day, yep. but it just came down to a moment that I was like, you got to do it. Yeah. So, um, for him, he had his own process of coming to sobriety of just really like reckoning with his past and also seeing the path that it would be in for the future. Um, his grandmother wrote kind of like a memoir mm-hmm. And it was really negative of all the men, all the past mm-hmm. men in their entire like family lineage wow. that had all these horrible mistakes and actions and deaths and um, from addictions. Wow. And so he had kind of his like clarity moment of, I can't keep this up yeah, um, because I will be dead and I don't want that for my, for my girls. So, and for me, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. So, so yeah. So worked through the affair. He got sober. Um, s- really after becoming sober, he jumped into personal development and that's really where our lives flipped, turned. It's like we unlocked life, um, you know, to, to live in truth and, and work on you before you can serve your business, <laughs> before you can be good for your family. Um, so he, I, you know, he went first and, and really went, dove right into that development. Um, and then I kind of came around to it. Uh, I remember some of the th- weird things he would do, you know, like he started meditating uh-huh. and I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> and now, you know, I love yeah. it. And, um, but yeah, it was great because like what, what happened there is that I saw the fruits of his labor and his personal development, yeah. you know, changing mm-hmm. his mindset, working on his, his health and, um, and really investing in him. So when we started investing in ourselves personally and then together as a relationship, it just completely changed. Did he ever pressure you to join the personal development journey or mm-hmm. you just kind of saw no, his changes? I did. Mm-hmm. I think that's important too because a lot of our, we mm-hmm. work with a lot of women and they're down that journey and they're going, my spouse isn't into what I'm into. And, you know, they're having all this growth and feeling like maybe they're leaving that person behind. Yes. But I think it can be really seeing the fruits of his labor. You yeah. kind of came along. So maybe they can get the idea that if you just keep working on you, that hopefully your spouse can come along. Yeah. From, yeah. you know, from my teaching background, the best way to teach is to model it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what he did for me. Yep. And I think for anyone in that position, because I hear that all the time, mm-hmm. like you guys is, you know, my my spouse isn't yeah. into this. Yeah. And that's hard to live with that. Whether it's, you know, working on social media and blogging sure. and, and that sort of thing. It's like, if you can just be the example or like show them, you know, like, the benefits of mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. then that'll speak louder than trying mm-hmm. to verbally get them on board. So who were things. some of your biggest like mentors, life changers in like personal development, either mm-hmm. books or conferences or things that kind of like yeah. really shifted things for you yeah. personally? For me, well, we, we started going to church again. Uh-huh. Um, we had both grown up Christian, but kind of 
fell away from our faith. And so we brought faith and a bigger belief back into our life. Mm-hmm. And that really helped. Um, and then we actually just had her on our podcast for two interviews, but we had the same business coach. Um, her name's Dina Patton. Huh. And amazing. And uh, working with her, she is a business coach, but really like you work backwards. If you want to thrive in your business, you, we are going all the way back and we're, you know, finding out, okay, for me, it was a lot about being a stepmom, mm-hmm. a lot of resentment and like frustration mm-hmm. that I had with being a step parent. And, and, you know, because Russ and I, we were parents from the moment we were married. Yeah. We never had time together yeah. without kids. Yeah. Um, so working through that. Yeah. And then for me, it was, you know, being a perfectionist. Um, so trying to shed that and work towards excellence and integrity and, um, and aligning everything I do to that and then protecting my time and and all that. And then focusing on the business. But what was wonderful is that like, I'm sure you have seen it too, is that when you take care of that, your business reflects it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like you put that, you invest that time and effort into that. And you're like, oh, my business is never going to go anywhere. Like I see everyone else achieving and I'm not. And yep. and you get like, you know, envious yes, and everyone else sure. is moving ahead before me and, and all that. But then you just like stop thinking about that and like just focus on you and put the energy into you. No, all of a sudden you. you're so much more productive than you because you're like yeah. blinders are on and yeah. like you're feeling in yeah. abundance and all those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was... That was wonderful working with her. Um, It doesn't necessarily obviously have to be her, although I'd recommend it. But I mean, finding a coach, you guys are from the fitness industry. So I know you know the power of accountability. Um, But it it was just like so like unlocking. It was awesome. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I I mean, I haven't heard of her. So I love I love finding new people, new people to follow. And I'm going to have to listen to her interview from you guys. Yes. Yeah. She is. uh, She works with something called like smallness and greatness um, mindset. So uh-huh. it's just like ignoring your smallness. Uh-huh. So don't, you know, agree with your smallness, step into your greatness. And that was just like a great um, model of mm. living for me it was like, you know, oh, that's my smallness talking. Mm. Let's, you know, step into greatness again yeah. and think bigger. Um, so yeah, that was really helpful for I me. Love that. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, it's been obviously, you know, seven years since you found out about the affair. Like, do you have triggers that come up still? Like times where you're like, you go back to like, you have that moment of like, oh my God, because I'm in a new relationship now Mm -hmm. and I find myself at times projecting that narrative that all men cheat or whatever onto a new relationship when like that's totally not fair to him and it's also not the reality of what's happening in that relationship. So do you have moments where you respond to the old Russ Hmm. or you respond to that or you're just like, you know what? I I don't. I haven't. And it really um, was amazing because yeah, I, I trust him. I yeah. trust him. And a big catalyst in that trust was his sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he wasn't sober now, because that made him a person that he wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Um, it clouded him and it wasn't his true self, uh, then I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't have that trust. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I love that because I think sometimes, you know, we have a lot of women who listen and they've gone through infidelity and they really do still struggle to, mm-hmm. you know, to trust, even if they say they trust, it's like, but like maybe he's out one night or he's traveling on a business trip yeah. or like, and you're always, or that new woman or whatever, or social media, even like yep. there's all these yeah. different things that, that can trigger that. So I yeah. love that that gives people hope that you really can trust someone, not only say you trust them, but actually trust them. Totally. You know, totally. when the rubber meets the road, like you yeah. do something that you, you you act as if you trust because yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in a new relationship and 
yeah. <laughs> I was so oh. we did an episode of the best life. I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe like ten months ago or maybe a year ago. On because people kept asking us like, how do you move on? How do you like do you trust? How do you trust again? again? Mm-hmm. How can you trust again after mm-hmm. infidelity? And so we did a podcast, and at that point. Both of us had been dating, you know, off and on, but like nothing serious for like two, three years. And we did the whole podcast. It was very much an intellectual understanding of like, of course, of course we would. We're going to, tr- you know, of course we'd rather trust someone than have to be meticulous and like always be thinking about, you know, and like all this kind of like de- checking his phone and like, of course we're going to trust. Yeah. Then I got into a serious relationship, fell in love, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, ah, like it's just yeah. a whole different ball game. Yeah. So I have been, and I'm getting better, but I have, at least for the first six months or so, was very much like faking it till I made it. Like, I was like, what is someone, even if I'm insecure in this moment, what does someone who trusts do? What do they do in this moment? They don't check a phone. They don't check someone's email. They don't look over their shoulder. They don't ask a bunch of questions. Like, they just trust the person. And so I had to really look at the reality of our relationship, which was so great. And he never gave me any, has given me any reason to worry or stress or question or anything. And I'm like, and so, yeah. And so faking it till I make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm definitely getting there. I don't, I mean, and I, I agree with faking till you make it like that phrase, but I love, like I've heard recently, um, do you listen to the Science of Success podcast? Mm. Um, they had one guy named Todd Herman on there that I uh, know oh, Todd Herman. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so the um, the alter ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I like the new that. New book just came out. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. It's not like you're not you're not faking it. You're just activating that part of you yeah. until it becomes strong. I'm acting as if as yeah. if I'm already yeah. the person who fully yeah. trusts, mm-hmm. even if I'm only seventy percent of the way there, seventy five percent of the yeah. way there. So yeah, so I wouldn't say you're like faking it. You know, it's not <laughs> yeah, like you. you're. Yeah, I think it's like you're just like bringing out that part in you that you don't feel strong about right now but it's there yeah Um, for sure yeah but did you like tell the like up front in that new relationship oh yeah did you already listen to the podcast yeah Yeah. oh yeah that's true (laughs) he told me you listened to it I was like okay like he was like I liked it yeah he knows everything so and it's and it's weird that that is like part of our identities here like that we are you know not like survivors of infidelity (laughs) but like that that's part of our like life narrative and I think a lot of people do identify with someone who has been cheated on and Mm -hmm. it becomes like this victim kind of journey right where like 20 years later they're still like all men cheat and men are assholes and like they have this versus I think you can identify with it but not take it on Mm -hmm. you know in that way and just go like that wasn't about me and like how can I move on and like you're doing which I love is how can I serve with this story Mm -hmm. it's not even about us anymore it's about who can we help and who can we be of service because we have this we've been on this journey that's really amazing it's such a gift yeah that you guys are sharing you guys too I think for us when we first shared it I mean we were terrified to share and I'm Mm -hmm. sure you were as well but we were so scared after that first and we're like and we just had this conversation of if we could just help one person not feel so alone in that moment so you guys just recently launched a podcast and you shared right off the bat too what was the discussion you had when you guys decided like we're gonna go public with this so what's funny is that he wrote a book is called the sober entrepreneur he's working on like a follow-up book to that now um but in that it just right off the bat like he told you know this is what happened um so he put it out there in the book so it was like okay it's public now it's Mm -hmm. out there I was okay with that right but then I as I became more public myself I was like well I guess I have to eventually address this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but I just knew I just knew I would have to and not in like a a regretful upset way just like okay there's gonna be a time we're gonna have to talk about this um So I, yeah, I wrote it, I first published it as a blog post, 
Um, and I knew when I was going to do it, I put it, you know, as a post. Um, in some ways, I was looking forward to it mm -hmm. because especially because my feed had been about perfection and organizing mm. and it's really pretty and it's positive and none of that is fake I'm not faking it sure. but that's what I'm choosing to focus on but at the same time I was like gosh it's gonna be like people like oh that's they're perfect, so perfect. Perfect. Yep. And I was like, I can't wait to tell everyone that we're not. <laughs> but it's yeah. been messy. Yeah. 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 And so uh, that remains, you know, my most read blog posts, you yep. know, the, the reaction or the, the reception to that yep. um, was what I was hoping for, was that people would say like, wow. And so I heard from people I hadn't heard from in forever. And, you know, some people were like apologetic, like I didn't know. And I was like, well, there's no way you would have right. known. Right. Yep. Um, and I'm fine. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Don't it years ago. Yeah. 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 But of course, I appreciated every single one. But I was happy to be part of a more truthful conversation, yeah. whether that's in yeah. infidelity or addiction or both yeah. or other things. Like, I was just like glad to to be able to be like, guys, like life is not perfect. However, you can have horrible things like this happen yeah. and still live a really positive, like good life. Yeah. Yeah. You have to work at it. But. So one thing you said earlier was that now you're glad that it happened. Mm -hmm. So kind of explain that because I think, do, would you say in the moment while, while it was happening, um, would you have ever thought you would have been happy that this happened? No, no. <laughs> like, someone told me just be grateful like, in the yeah, moment. Like, I would have been like, in the oh, moment you're sitting there, you. could you project five, <laughs> seven years from now that what would come out of your mouth is like, I'm glad my husband had it. Could affair. you imagine? No, no. hell no. No, no. Worst nightmare come true. Not. I mean, yeah. no. No, uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's funny, like, not funny, but I, I would have never thought that, that we would relive it again by sharing it publicly. Yeah. And be okay with it yep. and actually like look forward to it in a way because yep. we see like the positive benefits that come from it um, and how it strengthens other people. But same with like being sober, you know, and I don't drink anymore either. Um, not because of him, but through my own decision mm -hmm. that I realized I was using it as a, a sedation or, you know, ignoring things and stuffing the feelings away by, you know, having the wine and and, um, and neither of us look down upon anyone for making those choices. It's just like our personal choice. Yeah. You know, we're around alcohol. We're fine. But we would have never thought that we would be sober. Yep. We would have had an affair and still be married yeah. and that we'd have like another child together. So yeah, there's, there's no way it's, it's weird, but we've, you know, we're to see what life can be that you would never expect. What do you think the biggest gift of it all was for you guys in your relationship? As cheesy as it sounds, like just living a more truthful life, mm -hmm. just true. I, f I feel like we both feel much more like ourselves yep. now. And I do believe that you have to be broken down um, at times. Yeah. You know, whether you believe that from a spiritual point, um, something bigger than you is telling you like you like <laughs> you need to be broken um, or just from, you know, that you are taking things for granted or not being truthful to yourself or hiding, um, lying to yourself and mm -hmm. others. So really it's, you know, of course we have, we're not by no means way like this perfect couple now at all. Um, but we are to be able to recognize that we're not perfect mm -hmm. and be open about that and live in truth is a really huge relief that mm -hmm. we are so glad that happened to us. 
And like pretty early on in our marriage, thank goodness too, we'd only been married a few years, you know? Um, so we count that as a blessing because now we've have all these years ahead where we can be that way in our relationship instead of very surface level. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This has been amazing. This has been great listening. I know. (laughs) I've liked all these interviews today, but this is amazing. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, We have one more question. We asked all of our guests. This is the Best Life Podcast. And so we want to know what do you consider to be, what does your best life look like? For me or for For you? you. For me. Personally. Oh, okay. Um, So we're like visualizing. However however you take that. Best life for me um, is when you have, the choices to do what you want to do. And I think I've heard one of you say that before too. It's just when you have opportunities and you have daily choices and that freedom is great. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to create that for ourselves and I'm excited to see what that looks like (laughs) tomorrow (laughs) and next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say we're, we're pretty close to that now yeah. we're really happy that's amazing yeah. I love it Thanks. yes freedom it. is definitely a huge value system of ours as well so mm-hmm. yeah I love that well this has been amazing and we just think that you are providing such a service to your audience and to hopefully our listeners as well and just yeah. honored that you would be this open and this vulnerable with us thanks yeah, thank you yeah. so where can our people find you follow you so where's I, the best for you okay so on Instagram I am Mika Perry and our podcast is good to be home. Um, so website for my blog is mikaperry.com. And then for the podcast, it's good to be home Perfect. Yep. So you guys subscribe to our podcast. Yep. If you're in Arizona and you're listening to this before April 6th, circle it on your calendar. You'll get to meet both of us. Um, and yeah, we just super appreciate you for sharing. Yeah. I can't wait for that panel. Yeah. That'll be <laughs> such a good day. It's going to be, be an awesome day. Okay. So yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. And you guys, if you have more to add, and I know if I'm sure your sounds like people DM you all the time with stuff too. I know we get that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you can follow her on Instagram and then so we if you have a lot of baggage. Just DM. Either. Yeah. Just DM. And if you want to continue the conversation and add any insights you guys had, you can find us in our private Facebook group at the best life and we'll see y'all later. Bye guys. Bye.